You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Welcome to my first solo episode of season four. So excited to be here with y'all and talk to you and share this topic. Oh my gosh, this is a topic I feel so passionate about. And I feel like it's a topic that Allie has just been illustrating so well for us. And I'm just so excited to kind of break some of these myths and BS things about ideal clients. I even hate that that word, to be honest, because I feel like ideal really suggests some level of perfection and makes it so difficult for everyone. So what I'm going to do in this episode is break down seven kind of like myths or like BS statements that I think come up all the time around ideal clients so that you have permission to let go of it, to normalize it, to stop getting stuck by these things, to stop building your business model around them. I promise you if you can really hear me on this. If you can let go of these things, you will make so much more money and have so much more fun in your business because of it. I think the ideal client thing gets us stuck so, so much because it keeps us from moving forward. It makes us think we're doing something wrong all the time. Um, and it really can become a trap for so many entrepreneurs. So really excited to bust through these myths and bullshit today. You know, I'm always going to give it to you straight and I'm always about the human element of business. Certainly we can build great businesses that feel good to us, but ultimately we're still humans dealing with other humans and we can't forget that. And I think with some of this ideal client stuff, we really try to pretend that's not true. You know what I mean? Like we try to pretend we're not doing work that deals with another human, or quite honestly, that is stressful work. Building a business can be difficult and stressful, whether you're doing the branding and design or doing the coaching or anything else, right? So I feel like when we try to remove the human element from that, pretend that nothing about the process will ever be stressful, pretend that if we find the right person, that they'll be perfect, we're really deluding ourselves. It's just like, you guys know I love a a relationship analogy, but think about that in terms of a long-term relationship. Like, are you ever going to find the perfect person? And if you think that person should be perfect and that if anything ever goes wrong in your relationship that they're not, I mean, you're never going to be in a long-term relationship, quite honestly, right? (laughs) So I think it's just so good to see that here. Like, we've really accepted or we're really good at accepting that in certain areas and not in others. So, you know, it's sometimes it's helpful to be like, oh, wow, I'm really accepting of that in my relationship. Why can I not bring that into business, right? Um, But it's almost like saying, like, if you just find the right partner, your relationship will be perfect. And we all know that's not true. And the same thing is, is happening with ideal client. If you just find the right ideal client, nothing in your business will ever be hard or difficult. No questions will ever come up, etc. Again, not true. <laughs> it might make it more worth it to deal with those things. For example, having a great partner makes it more worth it to deal with it when things are hard, to work through things, to go through the ups and downs together. 
having great clients makes it easier to deal with things that feel tough about building a business, to deal with difficult conversations and questions and and hardships that come up. But it doesn't erase those, right? Like it doesn't take away the human experience. So that's just a level set. I'm going to go into a few different things here that I see keeping people stuck, but really hoping that that's just great perspective and permission here and that this really helps you sprint forward in your business instead of almost like watching everything so closely and thinking like, is this person right? Is this person right? Am I saying it in this way? Am I building my process correct in this way? Like, here's the deal. (laughs) All of that does not have to be that complicated. So that brings me to my first point. Here's one of the kind of like BS statements. If my process is perfect, no client will ever be difficult. Yeah, no. (laughs) If we keep, this is what Ali was kind of doing, right? If I keep refining the process, thinking that no client will ever be difficult, I will be disappointed because again, I am a human working with other humans right? At some point, things are going to feel difficult. The question is, do I have a process that I really love and believe in and feels good enough so that if something difficult comes up, I can handle it, right? Versus am I building a very difficult process hoping that no one will ever be difficult because of it? Do you see how that's so backward? I might make the process very, very difficult on myself to avoid ever potentially having to have a difficult interaction, doesn't make any sense, right? If your process is set up in a way that feels good to you, what it does is it resources you enough day to day so that when something difficult happens, you can deal with it. Does that make sense? If I feel great about the, like, this is true for me. I'll just say it. I feel so great about the process and the service that I deliver that if something ever comes up, I feel like I can have a really effective conversation about that. I can really um, come from a place of neutrality around it. I can hear what the other person is saying. I can express my views because I feel so rooted and grounded in the process and how we deliver. It does not mean it's perfect. It does not mean I never um, get a question, right? Um, But that doesn't have to mean anything bad about the process. An example in my own business is um, our partnership process. So, you know, we have clients um, pay a base rate and then they pay a percentage on top of that. There's a way that they report the percentage. There's a way in which like it's new revenue that counts. So sometimes we have questions come up around that. We invoice twice a month. So sometimes there are questions around that. Like, but that's fine. Like that is the process. It doesn't mean my process is perfect. It doesn't mean no one ever has a question about it, but I feel really, really, really good about the process. So I'm happy to field those questions. I'm happy to, you know, deal with anyone that felt feels confused by it, whatever. Right. So please, please, please stop thinking that if your process is perfect, no one will ever have questions. No one will ever be difficult. That is not the case. It's just, do you like your process enough that you are okay dealing with those? That's the question I want you to be asking. Okay, next one. The ideal client has a very specific set of traits and characteristics that make them ideal for you. I freaking hate this so much. Can you tell? (laughs) I'm just just trying. I feel like I actually tried to say that. Um, and a toned down version. So you can imagine how much I actually hate this, but 
I think this is similar to dating where it really just closes us off to so many opportunities. If I think the only person I'm willing to date has these 34 traits and characteristics, it's going to be very hard for me to just open up to dating and putting myself out there and getting to know new people and maybe being exposed to new things and new characteristics that I didn't even know I liked, right? I'm certainly not saying don't have value alignment or don't have deal breakers or don't have boundaries, but I think the way ideal client has come to be described in our industry is that basically like they have to meet a checklist for you to be able to help them. And I think that that confuses so many of us and keeps us stuck so much, just like it could in dating. So the way I really look at it is an ideal client has the problem that I solve. (laughs) Literally, you guys, an ideal client has the problem I solve. Okay. And I'm not saying that that's all encompassing. We'll talk about that a little bit more, but I really want that to be your starting point because we can make it so much more complicated than that. Like when Allie came to me, she had this whole thing about all of these things of like where her ideal client was, how she was thinking about things that literally had nothing to do with needing a great brand, right? We all do that sometimes. Like we're like, oh, she's like, Like a a lot of clients will do the age thing. And it's like, well, is anything about age relevant to how you help people? Like if you help women in menopause, then like age is very relevant for them having the problem you solve. If I'm helping someone build and scale an online business, it is literally irrelevant to the work I'm doing and the value that I'm providing what age they are. Does that make sense? Like that's so important to see how we can put all these specifics on something that don't matter and then make it wrong or make it harder on ourselves, right? Now, I do think your ideal client, again, I hate that word, but you get me I'm using it in the context of what we're all used to talking about. It. They have similar values to you, right? So that's something we're thinking about just like in dating, like they might not be, you know, like have the exact eye color you want, but does that really, really matter, (laughs) right? Or do you have value alignment? So I would really be looking at that so much more and speaking to that so much more. I personally feel like I'm very, very, very fortunate in my business in terms of the clients I get and the alignment we have. And it's because I focus on people who have the problem I solve and then our values being aligned. That's it. It's not like age range and like demographic or even like where they are in their business. Like, again, is that relevant to the problem you solve? I see so many people get hung up on this, right? Like even Allie was getting really hung up on like, they need to be in business for five years. Why do people in business less than five years not need branding? Like it, but again, like if you're maybe someone who is whatever, like helping someone, your very, very specific problem that you solve is helping someone go from, you know, 2 million to 5 million. Sure, it might be kind of relevant, but I also have clients that have made $2 million in less than two years. So like, do you see what I mean? Like we just put all these arbitrary things on it. Do they have the problem you solve and do you have value alignment? That is seriously what matters. So let go of all those specific traits and characteristics that you feel like you're, you know, supposed to be figuring out. Like some of those questions, like what does your ideal client do on the weekend? Like, I mean, like, And again, unless you're like a weekend event planner, why does that matter, right? So permission here. Um, 
to be really focused on the people who have the problem that you solve and then, you know, use values as a filter for who you want to work with. But really don't make it a lot more complicated than do they have the problem I solve? Or you start to get in this situation where you're actually not, like we think niching down is so valuable and I do, but like niche into the problem, right? And the solution, don't niche into all of these things that ultimately don't add value to the problem and solution, cool? Okay, so the next thing is, If I find the right clients, nothing bad will ever happen in business. Very similar to the like, if my process is perfect, no one will be difficult. But if I have the right clients, nothing bad will ever happen in business. A client won't ever struggle to pay or want out of a contract or, um, you know, be challenged by something or struggle in our coaching. Oh my God, this is such a thing, right? If I find the right client, it just means they have the problem I solve and that we have aligned values. It means nothing about the fact that they might not still struggle at times or have a difficult time as they go through the journey or, you know, have a life event happen that makes something, um, you know, that makes it really difficult for them to pay or whatever, right? We have to stop thinking that right client, ideal client absolves us of ever having to deal with the human experience, like I was saying earlier. The right client just means you, you're you able to help them really efficiently. <laughs> you know, you're able to help them with the problem you solve. It doesn't mean that that process ultimately looks perfect then. I think where people really trip up here is like, they almost want a client that doesn't need their help. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like so many, so many people will say to me, like, I just want a client that does what I tell them to do. And I'm like, well, why would they hire you then? (laughs) Everyone's probably eye-rolling me so hard right now. (gasps) Hear me out. Hear me out before you hit pause and and peace out. Um, If it was just so easy that all I had to do was say, do it, and everyone did it, we wouldn't really need coaching or like branding for Allie. If it was just so easy that she said, well, just visualize the brand you want and then put it you know, put down the colors and and pick the fonts and da da da. Like people would just do it. It's never that easy, right? We need coaching. We need support. We need expertise. So someone will come to you needing those things, and inherently, that's not bad. Most of my clients come to me because they're struggling to do the things that um, they think they should be doing, right? And so um, my job is to help with that. If we think like, oh, I want a client that doesn't have any challenge, any issue, and they're just going to come to me. I'm just going to say, here's your to-do list. They're going to go do it. Like, again, we're pretending like we're not humans working with other humans, right? So that is not true. If I find the right clients, nothing bad will ever happen. No, I'll still have to sit with challenges. They'll still have difficulties. Things will still come up. But can I be okay with that? Because I feel really committed to helping that person solve that specific problem. Yes. Does that make sense? Like the point of the ideal client, again, being, do you have the problem I solve and do you want the result that I help you get? Cool, then I'm here to hang through the process with you. And if our values are aligned, it will be much easier to do that. But it doesn't mean we don't still have to go through a process, right? Okay, next thing. It's my responsibility to give those ideal clients everything they could need at that level. Total BS. It's not your responsibility to give someone everything they could possibly need ever. 
right? Allie was totally getting tripped up in this. And I see so many people do that. I see so many service providers, done for you providers, coaches do that. They feel like they should be giving everything. I'm just going to give a couple examples. So like Allie was feeling like she had to give copy and launch and marketing support when really she wants to give epic branding and design or like I know some OBMs feel like they have to give um, high-level marketing strategies support when really they're just trying to help you manage the back end of your business. Or, um, you know, some coaches feel like they have to give a ton of tech support when really they're there to coach you through figuring it out, right? So we have to see being able to stay in our zone and help our clients figure out what they might need, but not have to give them all of it is the value, right? Like, I'm just going to use the tech thing since I'm a coach. Like, truly, that is not a value that I would be good at providing, right? Like, it's just not. I mean, certainly if I've, like, used the program, I can tell you what I did, but I I have zero expertise in that. Zero. Besides, like, maybe I've used it longer than you have or something, Right? It doesn't mean I have to give you that, but I can help you figure out like, what are the resources here for you? What are your opportunities? Like being in your power, how could you go get that support? Whatever. It does not mean I always have to be the one to deliver it. Allie might be able to recommend a fantastic copywriter. She might be able to recommend a copy course that she thinks is amazing, but it doesn't mean she has to give that, right? And so when we think that our responsibility is to deliver every single thing they could need, then we're kind of missing the point of, do you have the problem I solve? We're missing the point of niching altogether, right? So do you see how this gets really convoluted in our industry? We think that we have to niche into this very specific ideal client with all these specific traits and characteristics, but then we have to give them everything they could ever need. I'm basically making a case for doing it backwards. Do they have the problem you solve? Do you have similar values, (laughs) right? And then solve that one problem. <laughs> That's it. Does that make sense? Like it's it really gets so difficult and so messed up when we think that it has to be this very, very, very specific person and then I have to give them everything versus like I give them the problem I solve because they have that, <laughs> right? It simplifies it so much when you look at it through that lens, right? But if you're trying to give everything, you're probably – not doing a very great job at any of it, no matter how much you're trying to. Like, I will just never be a tech whiz, no matter how much I'm trying to. So then I'm ending up giving subpar support instead of giving really, really, really fantastic support at what I'm good at. So permission to stop feeling that responsibility and then helping them figure out where else they might need to get that if they need it, but not holding it all. Okay. Next one, if some programs or investments haven't worked out for me, then I wasn't the right ideal client. (sighs) See how this, this one gets sticky too, right? So now we're saying, oh, like if that program didn't work, it's because I wasn't the right ideal client. Well, did that program say that it solved the problem that you had? Maybe it did it inefficiently or ineffectively, or maybe it wasn't personalized enough or whatever. But do you see how we write it off as like, well, I just wasn't the right ideal client for that. And then we start putting all this pressure on ourselves to find the perfect ideal client. Like we make that such a thing. Does that make sense? Versus like there's a million reasons why a program or investment didn't work out. 
And it probably has a lot more to do with like values, how it was built, how you learn, what's actually best for you, that kind of stuff, more than like, were you the exact right perfect person, right? And I think that's so important to say because when we think that that was the reason, then we hold ourselves to such a crazy standard in finding that perfect person. But again, it's like because we're thinking it's a set of traits or characteristics instead of like, did I really have the problem not solved? Personally, in our industry, I think that's the biggest issue, right? Is that we are focusing on like traits and characteristics and we think, oh, this means me, okay, and we sign up. Instead of, are we first ridiculously clear on what the problem we even need to solve in our own business is? And then are we buying those things, right? I feel like that's where most things fall apart (laughs) in our space is that, We are not, in fact, at all clear on what the problem we really need solved is. Does that make sense? And so, again, that goes back to, are you being clear with your people? Here's the one problem I solve. Like, do you have this problem? Right? What we're doing instead so often is we're like, you're this way and you're this way and you love this and you love this. Cool. I can help. But, like, that's not the point. Like, all of those traits might... Um, you know, make me resonate and reel me in. But the point is, is this the problem I need solved? What was happening with Allie when she went back and looked at all of those past investments she needed to forgive is a lot of times she just was not investing in the real problem she needed to solve. She was investing in like getting a marketing plan built out for her when she already knew what she needed to do with marketing, but just was like having a lot of mindset, um, you know, trip ups around it. Like, so do you see what that does there, again, it just kind of sets up that confusion. So if I know what problem I need to be solved, I will more than likely make a better investment. And same with my potential clients. If I can be clear with that on the front end, they're more likely to make a better investment rather than making it about all these other things. Okay, cool. Next thing is there are all good or all bad clients. This is so prevalent in our space, like so prevalent. We think a client is either a good client or a bad client, right? And you guys know I'm all about the both. (laughs) Um, And again, all about the, like, I feel like in many ways I look at this on a really, really practical level. And practically speaking, most people have both sides to them. You know what I mean, right? It's just so important to say that. Um, and I really think that the thing here is ultimately like your client's going to have some good days and some bad days. There are going to be some times where you're like, oh, they're the easiest client in the world. And then sometimes we're like, oh man, that was like a really difficult challenge with them. But what I have found over working, um, with people for, you know, five plus years at this point is that truly, 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 truly (laughs) everyone is both. I know I have been both a good and bad client to the same person. I'm sure uh, my COO, Megan, feels like that all the time. Like there's probably some weeks where I am the best client and some weeks where I am the worst client. You know, um, you guys, I'll I'll use this as an example too because I think a lot of you guys have listened. If you haven't, you should listen. But I did a podcast with one of my clients, um, Julia Wells, on her podcast, which is her podcast is called Wait, What the Fuck? Um, Well, it's like Wait, WTF. 
for clarity if you're searching for it. But we did a whole podcast episode together and we talked about all the times like she was a difficult client. Like at the beginning of our work together, she wasn't getting out of bed. She would like ghost me in base camp a lot. Um, And then when she did show up, she would like freak out about something and whatever. And it was really difficult. Well, last year she blew it up and, you know, hit her first million dollar year and it was all great. But like The thing to remember there is like, I could have written that off at the beginning. I could have been like, oh, she's just like a quote unquote, not ideal client because she's ghosting me in base camp or whatever. That wasn't the case at all. She's, she had the exact problem that I solve and that I help people with. And we were just in the process of getting through that. So if we keep labeling clients as all good clients or all bad clients, what happens is then we start seeing them through that lens instead of realizing that even like your most quote unquote ideal client is going to have a bad week sometimes, right? Even your most, you know, challenging client is going to be able to knock it out of the park sometimes if you let them, right? And so um, just really, really letting go of this idea um, that everyone is one way or another is so helpful so that you don't start labeling clients as that and then kind of showing up in that energy, but no- noting that like all of us are going to vastly vary on that scale, especially if we're working with people for any length of time. Um, but what, what can happen is then we make it wrong. We're like, oh, this client is being a bad client. I need to look for those red flags in the future. Like, or like, let's just ride this wave. Like let's, let's get through this part and see what's next. Right. So really just giving permission there to let go of this very like, you know, black or white idea that there are good clients, bad clients. Like everyone is in that gray area in the middle. Trust me. I've been doing this long enough to tell you. Um, and when you can see it like that, it's so much easier to see almost everyone as a great client in a sense, right? Because you're not making it wrong if they're having a bad week or they're really challenging or they're challenging you or they're asking questions about the process. Like if you can just normalize that, things will get so much easier. Okay, so the last one is if I disappoint a client, something has gone wrong or our relationship is fractured. This is definitely one that, you know, we're kind of working through with Allie, but in any relationship, there just like there will be some good and some bad, there will be some like major over deliveries and some disappointment. You know what I mean? And like the question is like, is our relationship strong enough to move through that? And like what we're really building is great relationships with our clients, not perfect clients. Do you see what I mean? It's again, it's like dating. I want to build a great relationship with my partner and not just try to find the perfect partner, right? I feel like our whole industry's messaging is built around telling you, find the perfect partner. And it's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Find a great partner and then build the best relationship you can. Same is true with clients. If I disappoint a client, nothing has gone wrong. Right? I either like messed up and I need to make something right, or they're allowed to be disappointed. So, you know, like if I disappoint, like my my turnaround time personally for client messages is I always say to clients, I'll always get back to you within 24 hours. So I might disappoint someone by not getting back to them in 24 hours. That's on me to make that right. I mean, that doesn't really happen, but like, of course, I could mess up, I could make a mistake, that could happen. And then it's on me to make that right. Can our relationship get through this? Absolutely right? I say, I'm sorry. Here's my answer. It won't happen again. Here's what I'm doing to make it right. Cool. Right? 
Or they could just be disappointed because they really wanted a response in two hours and it ended up taking me 12. Cool. There's nothing to do there. Like they're allowed to be disappointed that they really wished I would have answered sooner. And and I was totally within my boundaries. But like our relationship doesn't have to be fractured. It's just a moment, right? Mm-hmm. And and we can all move on from it. It's again, it's like in in dating or partnership, like Kenny and I disappoint each other all the time in in small ways, right? Like I thought he was going to, you know, be home at X time and then he ended up running late or, you know, I said I was going to do something and then I forgot to do it or whatever. But it's like, can our relationship move through this? Can we still keep that strong foundation? And that's what we're really trying to do with our clients. We make it right if we need to make it right or they're allowed to feel their feels if it comes up. Disappointing does not have to mean fracturing, right? And so again, if we're humans in relationship with other humans, whether it's as their brand designer or their coach or their, you know, done for you service provider or whatever, it's okay. There will be those times, especially in longer term relationships. Like, you know, if you're, if Ali's designing their brand and then working with them, um, you know, on retainer for a year after that, there will probably be something that happens that creates disappointment in that. And can we just make that okay? Instead of feeling like that would be the end of the relationship, that would be the end of the world. I have to build my process so that nothing like that could ever possibly happen. No, it's like, it's bound to happen no matter how perfect. The processes, I have a great process for responding to people within 24 hours, but if someone works with me for two years, there is probably going to be something that happens somewhere along the way where that, I didn't get the message or, you know, I didn't see it or it messed up or whatever. Like it's just totally possible. So permission for that to be okay and for it not to feel like this heavy weight on you all the time. But ultimately that's kind of, that's kind of the point I want to make is that we can chase perfection in our clients or we can accept the process and then get really okay with the process we can chase all of these characteristics that we think will make everything okay. Or we can realize that like, no matter how many sets of characteristics that they have that we like, sometimes things will not feel okay, right? Again, it's like the dating, right? I can chase the perfect partner, assuming that means the perfect relationship, or I can find the partner that is a great value aligned fit for me and then work on our relationship as we need to. So permission, permission here. Let go of that BS. Stop trying to make it perfect or think that you're ever going to get a process or a business that doesn't have a human element in it if you're working with humans all day. And that does not mean you're doing it wrong or you're a bad coach or a bad business owner, right? The more you can lean into that, the more you will realize you're really doing it right and the more fun business becomes. When you feel like you're doing a great job and you know that if something happens, like a disappointment or a difficulty or whatever, you can handle it because day to day you feel really good. So when that thing happens or that hardship comes up or that difficult client um, interaction happens, you have resourced yourself enough to handle it. If you're making your day-to-day process, your ideal client screening list, et cetera, et cetera, so, 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 so hard, then when a disappointment comes up, it will feel extra hard. Like you need to feel good to handle the tough things that will invariably come, right? But if you're making yourself and your process so difficult and wrong all the time, it's very hard to handle those things. If you realize that like you're a human working with other humans and like mostly you're getting it really, really right, 
so much easier, so much more fun, so much more enjoyable. So I really hope this gives you great perspective. I hope this allows you to really uh, release that weight of pressure that can come with this. And I hope it allows you to serve the right clients for you even better, even more effectively. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset, strategy, and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.